Hey guys, before we start, we just wanted to address um, the big news that's happened across the country and specifically very close to home for us uh, this past week. Um, the shooting at Club Q that happened this past week is so heavy in our hearts and just really has impacted the community. Emily and I grew up in Colorado Springs, and although we both don't live there now, our families live there and a lot of our friends live there too. And just across Colorado as a whole, this has really rippled. And we know that, that it probably has been felt by our listeners too. And we just want to know, or I just, we want you all to know that like we feel you and we're here to support you. And we're a community here that is absolutely not okay with this, upset by this and you know, we just want to, we just want you all to know that we're here with you. And as, as we've done in the past, we're going to extend our Patreon events to those who donate to the families of the victims. Um, there is a GoFundMe right now that's going through an organization in Colorado called Good Judy Garage. They're just collecting money to go help the families towards funeral expenses and then any other expenses that might arise from this whole ordeal. So if you are feel so willing and donate to that cause, you will also be included in our Patreon events. Yeah, thanks Paige. And we'll have that GoFundMe link in on all, all of our social medias. Feel free to reach out to us if you can't find it and we'll send it to you. Um, it is a verified GoFundMe. They've actually gotten legal counsel to establish it as a fund. So they're really being um, above board about it all. And um, we will be making a donation um, in the name of Tuesdays Are for Twilight as well. So thanks. And our hearts go out to everyone in Colorado and within our little community and just the United States as a whole. Hi everyone, welcome to the show. My name is Emily. And I'm Paige. And we are the two football teams playing on TV, unknowingly distracting a man who has just found out that he has a vampire granddaughter. And you're listening to Tuesdays Are for Twilight. How's it going? What's good? Oh, you know, I, things are pretty good. I um This past Friday, I got a paycheck that had eight hours of overtime in it and I did not know that I was getting overtime my pay rate when I get overtime blew my mind I don't, usually don't get overtime at my funeral home job so when I do it's very rare and so I was expecting a certain amount of money and then it was like four hundred dollars more than what I was anticipating and so I was like what am I gonna splurge on what am I gonna what am I gonna treat myself to and so I bought a Sailor Moon custom switch skin. So like my switch has this, <laughs> my switch has the Sailor Moon, uh, you know, like decoration on the handles and the actual game itself. And then it came with a travel case that's also Sailor Moon themed and it came in the mail today and it's so cute and I love it. And it literally came in like three days from California. I'm genuinely shocked. This company actually, that's going to be my recommendation corner. So we can pause on that. Anyways, the, the case is really good. I did not mean to gag at what you were saying. I just hate the word skin like you used in that context. That's what they're called. I, I It's, yeah. Well, it's your fault. <laughs> just kidding. Um, fast shipping kind of freaks me out, too. Those UPS people do not be sleeping. I'm saying. What is, what is the motto through sleet storm snow and rain something like that i don't know i don't know it but isn't the guy isn't tom hanks's character in castaway like a ups guy i think so that sounds right mood <laughs> okay what's good with me i participated in the gym shark black friday sale 
and got a lot of good stuff for not too much money. I The one thing I'm sad about is I bought these really nice sweatpants. They're the most expensive item I got, and they're too big. And they're popular, so they sold out, so I can't even exchange them. I just have to return them, which is a bummer. But whenever they do come back in stock, I like them so much that I guess I'm going to pay full price because now I'm hooked. They tricked me. <laughs> no, it's not their fault. That's a DJ Khaled, you played yourself moment. It is, but I got the same size and everything I always get. But it did say oversized on it, but I have bought oversized things before in that size. Just, it's just a shame. And today I tried to go return it at one of those. Have you ever done those like happy return bars? No. It's like kind of crazy. It's like Amazon returns and Whole Foods, but like, I think any company can do it. And you literally just, there's like 10 locations within a mile of me. Like everywhere has them. You just go in and you hand them your thing and then you have a little QR code that you scan and then it's over. Normally it's very quick and easy, but I went today and I went to a FedEx office and their system was down. Like the happy return system was down. So I have to go back and I'm like, do not just keep the pants because it didn't work the first time. Like I need to return them. Yeah, just keep them in your car. Yeah. I hate when you give me, like, good solutions. I, uh, do you, by any chance, see the TikToks where it's this, like, 50-somethings guy, and he had... What? Is it Roger Cly? I don't know what his name is, but he... He has a Boston accent, and he always says something that's, like, something really miserable, followed by be a man. So it's, like, it'll be something like, try your food at a restaurant, and you don't like it, but don't send it back and be miserable. Be a man. And it's all just stuff like that, where it's, like, just silly things. I... Just just you being just, like, I hate when, when you give me good advice. It's, like... Listen to your friend give you good advice, but be mad about it. Be a man. (laughs) That's very funny. I have not seen that. I was thinking that you were going to reference Roger Cly, who is like, you've definitely seen his shit. People take like, so he just sings songs really badly. And he's like an old white man, older. He's probably like a little younger than our dads. And then people just like take him, his head and like put it in different scenarios. Yes, I... I've seen one of him singing Decode and it's like me on any autumn evening and you can see like Twilight playing in the background and nail polish and yeah. Yes, exactly. I I want to have his level of confidence because this man is just out here literally just recording himself singing badly and just is a content machine. Couldn't be me. <laughs> me neither. <laughs> I gotta let Mila into the window because she's scratching at the blinds. Okay. So... Why don't you tell the listeners what you thought of chapters 24 and 25? How about I do recommendation corner? Fuck, I forgot. Yes, do it. So I have two things for recommendation corner. The first thing is what I mentioned briefly. The company that I bought my Switch skin from is called Beluga Design. And they just have a lot of really like cute, kawaii-esque designs and styles And they're a women-owned company, and you can leave a little tip when you buy from them. I thought the quality was really great. The packaging was nice. It came fast, and I mean, I haven't used it yet. I've had it for about two hours, so I couldn't tell you the durability of it, but it looks like really good material. So I would recommend this company to order from. My second recommendation is I know that this is going to – I know it's going to sound crazy coming from me. But if you have to make a phone call and you're putting it off, just do it. I like, I forced myself, forced myself to do that today. And I hated it, but I feel so relieved that it's done and I can move forward with what was like I needed to do because of that phone call. You're going to hate it. It's going to be miserable for the three minutes you're probably going to be on the phone. But I promise you the feeling of relief afterwards will be worth it. 
That is so true. I do what I do and do it. And then you can take a nap afterwards as a little treat. I I actually did do that. I made the phone call and then I went and got a coffee because I that's how I rewarded myself. Okay, perfect. Yeah, just do whatever is a little treat to you. Um, you heard Paige's and I's version of that. So love that. Okay, my recommendation this week, pretty revolutionary, stretching. Okay, listen, <laughs> I people do not stretch enough. And there's all this science that I don't care to read or share. That's like how it releases bad chemicals in your body, blah, 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 whatever. But specifically, I follow this Instagram account and it's Sam Gatch, S-A-M-G-A-C-H. And he's just like a guy. I think he's like a, yeah, he's a yoga instructor. And his whole Instagram is just different stretches. And it's like, you you got five minutes. You can do it. You know what I mean? It'll help you feel better. I love that. I mean, I've been on the bad end of not stretching, and I've been on the good end of definitely stretching. I can attest that stretching is good for you. There there are benefits, and I need to do more of it, to be honest. We are the most scientific podcast you will listen to today. Do you? What's your favorite organelle? Uh, uh, what's the little squiggly one? Uh, ribosome? Yeah! I don't know. No, vacuole. Is that one of them? I think it's like a sub-organelle. Oh. Well, I like those because it always made me think of vacuums. I think it counts. I mean, that you pulled that word out from nothing, so I think it counts. Okay, now you have to share. Wait, did you already say it's the endoplasmic reticulum the other day? I did say it at the Friendsgiving. I like the the rough endoplasmic reticulum, and I also like the Golgi apparatus. <laughs> oh, Lord have mercy. I am having, like, a sensory memory of when we had to make cells in biology in high school, and I used so much fucking hair gel, and it smelled so strong. I remember that project because that was like at the very, very beginning of the school year. And when it was assigned to me, I hyper fixated on it and literally did it that night. All of it from start to finish. I was obsessed with the project. But then once it was due, I realized that like it kind of looked shitty. Like it looked like I made it the night before. I was just so excited and hyped that I had already done it that I like didn't even think about it. And I got a B on it. And I I did it the day it was assigned. <laughs> That's the most page story I've ever heard. I'm pretty positive that I have photos of it saved. I'll see if I can find it. Please do. We'll post them with the with the Instagram. <laughs> That's so funny. Okay, now me and the listeners would love to hear what you thought about chapters 24 and 25 of Breaking Dawn. So Secret is kind of what I predicted. I think I was on the right track that, or surprise, sorry. Surprise, I think I was on the right track with what I predicted the brass key was to. I said a room and ended up being a little fuck cottage. Um, you know the song by Bee Gees, perhaps? Um, Love Shack. Uh, B-52s, you're close. I knew it started with a B. Um, this is what that is, the Love Shack baby. Um, reading this chapter was disgusting. And I just, I didn't, I didn't need the graphic details, Stephanie is letting loose. The floodgates have literally been opened. Things are heating up. And it's getting wet, okay? I cannot believe you just fucking said that. I'm so... My skin is crawling. Why would you say that? I'm saying it from her perspective. Like, I didn't ask for it. You're about to say wet. <laughs> like, that was a specific word you chose. Things are getting hot and heavy. 
And I feel like 70 is being really heavy handed, hot and heavy handed. Have I used that before? I can't think of a time. That's a really good portmanteau. I'm going to store that away. Um, Stephanie's being really hot and heavy handed in this chapter specifically. She's been waiting for this, this moment to be able to describe the unabashed, unheld back sexual fury of these two. And the I bet the readers at the time were like, finally. This is what we've all been waiting for. This is this is the writing that I want to read. It was rough to get through. Um, favor, also rough to get through, but for a completely different way. This was weak to me. This was weak. I just couldn't, couldn't, really couldn't believe that Charlie is just like, well, sure, I guess that's fine. I cannot believe that he had he was so he was able to drive to the Cullen's house after seeing Jacob transform with no explanation and Jacob just like follow me and then seeing his daughter clearly looking different I cannot believe it I cannot believe that this was Charlie's reaction I will say though after reading what the reaction was, I firmly believe that Charlie would be the dad where if you came out to him, he would be gruff and rumbly in the beginning. But then he would be the one who was best friends with your girlfriend slash wife and would gossip about you to her. And like, they would be so chummy. Like he was just like, he was upset, but then accepting that this is what life is now. And I could totally see him being like the understanding dad in that situation. But altogether, I like, first of all, couldn't believe that Jacob did that. What the fuck, man? That was not cool. Second of all, that Charlie was able to handle all of this without having a freaking heart attack. And it's just like, things are just magically working out. Like, I I cannot believe that there was not more conflict about this, that it's just kind of like, well, that's it. I, it just was weak to me. Like, that's the word that I keep th thinking. And I don't know how you feel about it, but I was just a little like, come on, man. Like, there was so much building up to this, and it's just like, everything's fine. Yeah, I feel like you're going to hear how I feel about it right now. I agree. I almost popped off on this a couple episodes ago, decided to wait until we were more into this part. But Bella just has it too easy in general. Like, this whole super self-control thing irritates the fuck out of me because I think it would be way more interesting to read her struggling and, like, have her go through different stuff that a normal vampire would go through. Like, it's just so boring that she just got the easy way out and literally, like, everything is going her way. It's like literally, it's, you could have written a whole nother book, Steph. Not that I want her to, but she could like, she could have, this could be like a whole thing. And it's just, yes. I also thought it was unbelievable. Charlie's reaction. Um, I just feel like he would ask more questions if he literally found out he was a grandfather to like a full grown baby. With teeth. With teeth. Who's waving at him? I, like, Bella had the opportunity to find out everything that Charlie found out over the course of several months, if not a year. Like, the vampire thing was shocking to her. We remember it being very shocking. I, I mean, we remember that intense sequence in the movie of Bella searching vampire in Google and then her realization of what's going on. She, she discovered it. She confirmed it over the course of like a week with Edward and then was sort of eased into everything else, sort of this or that. And then, like, months later, found out about Jacob's thing, also kind of easing into it. Charlie finds out all of these things, kind of, in, like, the span of 45 minutes, maybe an hour. And I just, like, it's hard for me to believe that a man 
Charlie's a simple guy, don't get me wrong, but I would imagine someone goes into law enforcement with some sort of like curiosity maybe, or like wanting to like figure things out. You know, I feel like there is that appeal in law enforcement that like, ooh, can solve a, like a big case or something like that. I am shocked that a man like that would have no follow-up questions, doesn't want to know more, and is totally fine. No, like, like he's able to function and just be like, well, let's sit down and watch a football game. I, I'm shocked. Yeah, same. If Steph wanted it to be this way, she should have, like, established him as that type of character before. But we've seen him be all up in Bella's business before, which is fine. I mean, that's what dads do. But it's just totally out of the character that she developed him to be. Yeah. Is there, was there any, do you know, any pressure for this, this book to, to come out? Was there any, like, time crunch that you know of? Because what I'm thinking of is the last Hunger Games. I don't know if it was both the book and the movie or just the movie. I think it was the book. There was a time crunch that Suzanne Collins was in and it like ended up feeling very forced and like things just weren't the same as the other books. So I'm I'm wondering if maybe Stephanie was crunched in some way, like had to like print something out faster than she was anticipating. I, I don't know anything of that nature. Yeah, I don't either. I'd like to give her the benefit of the doubt. That's definitely a possibility. I personally think she just wanted to get to what comes next, what comes soon, and was just like, I mean, it just always comes back to this, the fact that this is a self-insert for me, and she's just like, well, if I became a vampire, I would be really good at it right away and have no problems, you know? Yeah, that's a really good point. I, of, of course you would, you know, everything would be easy for you. If I am wrong and she did have a time crunch, I look forward to your letters. <laughs> also, I just, I have to throw in an I told you so, because like three episodes ago, you were like, I'm disgusted by Edward and Bella. And I was like, bitch, you ain't seen nothing yet. Uh, I just, I'm tired of reading about him naked. I'm like, I've had enough. I've had enough. We get it. He's like pearl white and smooth. We get it. There was a a specific line that I cannot wait to read out loud that it made me go like, really? Really? That's what you're, you're going to go with that? Okay. 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 Point it out to me when we get there. Also, now that I said that, I'm picturing a person actually being as white as a pearl and it's very frightening to me. It makes me think of the Men in Black uh, episode of BuzzFeed Unsolved. I don't think I saw that one. It's in, I want to say, the second season. It's one of the first ones. It may have been the first season. And it's like these this hotel lobby security footage of these two huge men with, like, onion white skin walking in and they're supposedly associated with ufos and ufo sightings and it's like the government covering them up they don't have eyebrows they look like they're wearing like plastic masks with they basically look like creatures pretending to be humans i'm watching that tonight thank you (laughs) it's a little creepy i will warn you i love that kind of thing though All right. Let's do it. So on the very first page of the very first chapter that we read, in the very first sentence, for some reason, Stephanie just calls herself out. She calls her own ass out. Page is nodding. I'm going to read it, and then you can comment. No, no way. I guess it's technically the second sentence. I shook my head fiercely and then shot a glance at the smug smile on my 17-year-old husband's face. Don't type that. Delete that. We know. We didn't need to be reminded. We were already disgusted. Word it differently. Literally just say husband. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's like self, uh, uh, what's it called? Self-report. It's a (laughs) self-report. What does that mean? It's like reporting yourself for your malfeasance. Oh, a confession. (laughs) 
Exactly. Okay, so as Paige kind of already mentioned, um, the whole first part of this chapter is Alice leading Bella and Edward to what's a surprise for Bella. Edward already knows because he can read everyone's minds. And it turns out to be, (laughs) I hate that you call it the love shack, but it is actually really accurate. And they all like spent time building it, especially Esme. Um, Emmett is mentioned. I'm sure Carlisle had better things to do, but. I am picturing Emmett is in like tight denim with a belt and a tool belt, no shirt. And he has like tape measure around him and he has a hard hat on he's like holding a blueprint upside down (laughs) i would love to see a drawing of that if anyone feels so inclined when you first said i am picturing literally into my mind flashed (laughs) that scene from spongebob where patrick has a board nailed to his head (laughs) i thought you were gonna say when patrick thinks of a like a human realistic carton of milk tipping over and spilling on a table (laughs) yeah that's a good one too (laughs) um i do gotta say the cottage does sound cute as hell i definitely stayed a romantic weekend there that's for sure yeah i'm gonna read some of the descriptions of it so i'm gonna start on the bottom of page 475 There, nestled into a small clearing in the forest, was a tiny stone cottage, lavender gray in the light of the stars. I'm just going to skip around and read the parts that I want. (laughs) Honeysuckle climbed up one wall like a lattice, winding all the way up and over the thick wooden shingles. Late summer roses bloomed in a handkerchief-sized garden under the dark, deep-set windows. There was a little path of flat stones, amethyst in the night, that led up to the quaint, arched wooden door. And then we'll come back, but I want to skip ahead to... Um, more descriptions since we're already talking about. So now I'm on 479. It was furnished in eclectic pieces, not one of them matching another, but harmonious just the same. One chair seemed vaguely medieval, while a low ottoman by the fire was more contemporary, and the stocked bookshelf against the far window reminded me of movies set in Italy. And then she also mentions that, like, in their room, it's supposed to be, like, a little replica of Isle Esme, which disgusts me that they were thinking about that. And then they have like a little secret garden with a little pond. I love the little secret garden. It's very cute. I do as well. I don't know if your mind went to this and I'm sure it's not, but I think it would be absolutely hilarious if you know the, the shack that, um, uh, what's her name? Victoria and uh, what was that guy? The 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 newborn that she was playing in Eclipse. Oh, Riley. So you know how they stayed in like a a cabin in the woods, basically. I know that they were really far away, and this is clearly not the same cabin. But what if? What if they were fucking or doing whatever they were doing on the bed that Bella and Edward christened later? Ew. Actually, they don't christen the bed. Get it right. They christen the floor. That's actually a good point. Um, That would be disgusting if that were the case, but also hilarious. For some reason, I feel like that house was described as having like gumdrops on it. Did I make that up? No, I was picturing literally a gingerbread house in the woods. Okay. That was weird. I want to go back and read that little description. Okay. So they i mean honestly they just tore this little cottage and then they fuck like i don't really have anything else to say about it um i wrote down i told paige it was going to be bad <laughs> she was right i usually am I hate to say it but it's true <laughs> um doo, 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 doo. they have a little extra room where renesme could hypothetically sleep but She sleeps in the main house at the moment. Bella goes on and on and on about how her human sex was nothing compared to this, and she never has to stop, which honestly doesn't really sound that fun to me. Like, I love a little aftercare, a little sneaky snack, you know? Yeah, I... 
I guess I can't imagine what vampiric sex is like, but I do like the concept of an end. I, I do like that. I sent you a TikTok a couple of weeks ago that I was like, this is insanely relatable to me, but it was someone, it was a the trend where it's like, oh, you think you have anxiety? And then they describe something about their anxiety that's like terrible. And it was this guy like, oh, you think you have anxiety? When I was a kid, I had anxiety about forever in heaven. Like the the thought of spending forever somewhere was like, really really anxiety inducing so and I felt the exact same way as a kid I was really stressed out about that because I was like I know I'm gonna get bored and I don't want to tell God um (laughs) so just like never having to end never having that like yep this is it we're done now I would be I think I would be like I would be sick of it I agree. This is going to surprise no one, but um, I mean, what I'm about to say, not this, but Bella makes a a remark that's like, today's the first and last day of forever. And that horrifies me simply because I think you know where this is going. I fucking love sleeping. That would be the worst part of this all. Not having to drink blood. No sleeping. Ever. You're going to have to get a new favorite hobby. (laughs) I'm going to have to get a personality. (laughs) Okay. Personally, what has me dead about the end of this chapter is that basically Edward insinuates that the reason he is so intelligent and so good at music and knows so many languages and has so many degrees is that all of his siblings and parents are just busy having sex at night while he, a lone wolf, is left to the books, to the academia to learn. What a freaking nerd. I was just going to say, what a nerd. Because, like, if that was me, I just, I feel like I could pause my entire life and I still would not get through everything I want to watch on streaming services. Like, that's what I'd be doing. I would just be watching TV nonstop. Absolutely. I mean, like, if you got nothing to lose, you may as well go to the A through Z. You may as well check. Yeah, and it's culture, so it's still good. Right, and you're exorbitantly rich, so you could literally leave your TV playing for 800 years and it would never affect you financially. (laughs) True. (laughs) They have this horrible little thing where they talk about how Maybe in 10 years, we won't want to fuck every single time. And I'm like, honeymoon stage, honeymoon stage. It's always been the honeymoon stage with them. I, it's because their entire relationship has been like a year and a half's time. That and they're 17 and 18, respectively. Brain's not fully developed. I mean, I guess Belle is technically nine, I bet like a day away from being 19, but still. I will say the page that was 18 was not much different from the page that was 19. No discernible change. I was like Renesmee growing in a day. (laughs) So true. Okay. Is that all you had from that chapter? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. So then moving on to favor. Once again, we clowned them for this, I think it was last week or the week before, where we were like, get your priorities straight. And Bella even mentions that she's legit worried that her child is going to be like a full-grown adult when she gets back. And she still is like, maybe we should just have a little more sex. Come on, sis. Now Now that you know that your daughter is rapidly aging by the second, you would think time would be of the essence. If only one creature here has a, a a lifespan, like has a timeline, maybe we should respect their time and focus on other things later. Fully agree. I said it in, I think, the last podcast, and I'll say it again. Bella has never been the character for pr- getting her priorities straight. She has always been very bad at finding her priorities. Let this be a lesson unto us all. Don't date an Edward. (laughs) Yeah, but also just get your priorities straight. That too. 
Okay. She makes a whole big fucking scene about this giant closet that Alice built and filled for her. I would be so hype. I would be so grateful. You know it's all going to fit perfectly. I'd be like, this is the best thing that's ever happened to me. And Bella's salty about it. You have a lifetime. You have the time to try new things. And I'll just leave it at that. Yep. Speaking of trying new things or not trying new things, I have to point out this is so, like, small and dumb. But on page 488 at the bottom, she says that Edward is wearing khakis and a beige pullover. This was the point that I I was going to bring up, like, really? That? Because here's what it says. It only took him seconds to find his own clothes. If I hadn't seen him undressed, I would have sworn there was nothing more beautiful than Edward in his khakis and pale beige pullover. Really? That's what you're going The best thing you've ever seen? Khakis and a pale beige pullover? Really? Okay, sure. Miss Khaki Skirt on my first date meeting her his parents. I guess it's fitting. I was going to bring up the khaki skirt as well. Also, this man is in a brown fit. He is in a brown fit. I'm picturing him as the Robert Pattinson that's standing in the corner at that party in that brown jumpsuit thing, tracksuit. That would be better. At least that has like a little bit of personality. This like his clothes reflect his personality in that he is wallpaper. His clothes are giving my parents bought me into college. <laughs> yeah, how they talk about Dartmouth later. I'm like, oh yeah, I forgot about how they paid to get Bella into there. She, I, how is she going to study for school when she's too busy fucking? These are the these are the important questions that must be answered. So finally, they do head back to the house, and Renesmee is not that different, which Bella is somewhat soothed by. And while they're just kind of vibing and talking about going to Dartmouth, because remember, they're thinking about leaving because of Charlie, which is null and void after this chapter. But then all of a sudden, everyone is stressed because Jacob shows up. And as Paige has already summarized for us, tells everyone that he transformed for Charlie and is basically like letting him make his own assumptions about what Bella is. I thought he made a mistake when I know this is a very long run on sentence. I'll let you talk in a second. When Charlie apparently asked him, does Bella turn into an animal, too? And she he says she wishes she was that cool. I'm like, you should have just said yes. Because, like, a lie is better than him figuring it out and being in danger, you know? Yeah, it would have been a very easy one, two, three. There you go. It would have worked with the plan. Like, let him make the assumption and then go with it. Yeah. It's just, like, felt like a missed opportunity to me. Bella is extremely rattled, not only because she feels like Charlie's in danger from the Volturi, but also now her because, like, she's going to have to be around him as like a two-day-old vampire, which ends up not being a problem at all, which is lazy. But anyways, I digress. One thing I wanted to point out, page 493, um, Stephanie is describing Jacob's arrival back to the house. And at the top, it says, Leah and Seth slipped in behind him in their human forms. For now, both of their hands were trembling with the tension in the room. I'm like, you got Leah to come into the house for a second time? I'm shook. There was gonna, there was some arguing that happened. I'm sure Leah was upset about everything that just happened. Yeah, she was definitely yelling at Jacob mentally. Mm-hmm. Screaming, if you will. <laughs> okay, so Jacob goes over. I'll just hit the high notes of what he told Charlie. So he obviously transformed into a werewolf. And then... Um, He says, Charlie, you don't live in the world you thought you lived in. The good news is nothing has changed except now, except that now, you know, life will go on the same way it always has. You can go right back to pretending that you don't believe any of this. That's impossible in my opinion, but whatever. I do not. I, it doesn't make sense to me. Jacob was not using a single brain cell in this, in this decision. I hate that it works out for him too. 
Why does everything come so easily to these people? I want them to struggle. I do as well. I do as well. It's just, it. it's not, it, it doesn't make me feel engaged as a reader. Like, I feel a little let down that it's just, like, given to me, you know? Totally. Yeah, totally. Can I add something before we move on? Yes. Okay, picture your Charlie Swan. Jacob has shown up at your house. And you're like, Jacob, what are you doing here? This is before you know absolutely anything. He hasn't transformed yet. He makes, Jacob makes a point to say that this interaction, that, or this scene happened. So I know it's canon, but I want you to tell me. When you have no idea what's going on, and Jacob Black shows up at your house and then strips down naked in front of you, what are you thinking this is going to be? What are, like, what is this, what is this to you? Like, what is the next thing that's going to happen? I honestly don't know. I will say that they portray this in the movie, and it's quite funny because the actor who plays Charlie is quite funny. Um, I really don't know. Like, maybe that he was, like, going to go join Chippendale? I don't know. I just, like, like, (laughs) you would never, never expect that what is to happen after that is what does happen in this situation. But I can't also, I also can't even imagine what is going through his poor mind. Like, why is Jacob Black stripping naked in front of me? Oh, my God. Why is, why is he taking his pants off? Why is he, oh, no. Like, I'm, the the shock, the horror, the, in. Everything must have been going through his mind. Yes, totally. Speaking of related, like the next thing I was going to say is related to that, because Bella asks Jacob what he told Charlie about Renesme. Jacob says that Renesme is an orphan that Bella and Edward are adopting, and then goes on to say, I told him that she was more special than all of us put together, Jacob said in a soft voice. If you're Charlie Swan, I feel like at this moment, you're like, why is Jacob obsessed with this baby? (laughs) And then you see it later. Like you see them in the same room and I'm sure he's staring at her like a dumbass and a creep. Like that would, that would be the the straw that broke the camel's back for me. I'd be like, this is too much. Yeah. As a member of law enforcement, I might act on that. So true. Um, Very conveniently, Charlie to Jacob says that, he wants to be told as little as possible about everything and wants to be on a need-to-know basis only. So, Bella gets ready, gets some tips from how from the Collins on how to act human, puts in some weird contacts. Um, this is how I feel. She talks about how she can, like, see the film and, like, the little scratches. This is how I feel wearing my $7 Old Navy sunglasses every day. This part grossed me out so much as a contact wearer. Let me let me find it. Do you have the page number for it? Uh, 501. 501. Okay. I'm going to I'm going to read it. So she, Alice brings her the um the contacts. And contact wearers know. Contact wearers know where I'm going with this. She gets the contacts. I nodded and opened the container. I'd never worn contacts before, but it couldn't be that hard. I took the little brown quarter sphere and pressed it, concave side in, to my eye. You don't wash your hands? I know you're a vampire, but you don't don't wash your hands. You're just just raw-dogging contacts into your eye? Gross. That was gross to read. Very gross. Also, maybe this was just me, but I, for a long... I got contacts when I was 12, and I wasn't really supposed to get them because I only needed reading glasses but I was like please I'm ugly enough (laughs) so they caved and um I like for a while we thought that I wasn't going to be able to wear them because I couldn't get them to go in and I know that Bella's a vampire and everything's easy for her and blah 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 but I'm like first try yeah this is written by someone who does not wear contacts because I was crying in the lens crafters trying to get them in oh my god same I totally cried at my eye doctor so yeah, this was, uh, amongst many things, another unbelievable thing in this book. They just keep piling up. So then there's this horrible, creepy moment where Edward talks to Renesme and she completely fucking understands. It's like, okay, then why isn't everybody talking to her like that? If she's like a fucking full-grown adult, you know? It was weird. It was like, 
you know when you look at a horse and you look in their eyes and it's like they know? That's how I feel about this. That's how I feel about monkeys. I have mentioned on this podcast before that I worked at the zoo for like, it's confusing, like four summers, basically. And there was one that worked right by the main restaurant that I worked in, a monkey, I mean. And that motherfucker recognized me. I know for a fact because I was there so much and it creeped me out. Yeah, it's uncanny valley, baby. It is. It really is. Um, Total change of subject. But I, if Stephanie didn't want us to think of Emmett as a himbo, then why did she do this? Page 502. He's literally in the middle of like a conversation. (laughs) And blink at least three times a minute, Emmett said. He frowned, then darted to where the television remote sat on the end table. He flipped the TV onto a college football game and nodded to himself. (laughs) Like, it comes out of nowhere. There's only, he's a simple man. There's only a few things that go through his his man his man mind, and that is ball. Yeah, I feel like the thought that passed through was like ball would make this situation better. I'm gonna turn it on. <laughs> he is just like he literally is golden retriever energy. <laughs> he really is. Okay. There's a horrible moment where Bella literally forgets that she could be about to kill her father, her innocent father. Um, and instead gets horny three different times. Paige has her face in her hands. The fact that Jasper had to say it twice. The first time should have been enough. Bella, hey, let's focus. You're about to kill your dad. Let's focus. And then she's like, oh, yeah, sorry. But he had to say it again. He had to say, Bella, come on. Get your hair out of the game. Priorities. Again, two chapters in a row. Right, and she's so mad about Emmett, like, making sexual innuendos. It's like, aren't you embarrassed by what you're actually doing? He earned those innuendos, because you deserve them. His innuendos were very funny in this chapter. Because there's one that he drops when Charlie's there that, like, obviously Charlie doesn't know it's an innuendo. It's very, this is one thing that Emmett is good at. (laughs) Agreed. Okay, so then Charlie shows up, and it goes about, I was going to say about as well as you'd imagine, but obviously it goes way better. But he is kind of freaked out when he comes in, and he's like, he literally asks Bella if it's her, like, twice. (laughs) Like, he just straight up does not recognize her, which, yikes. I've heard that if you were to see yourself, like, if you were walking down the street and you saw yourself, you wouldn't recognize you. I've heard that. So, like, when you've seen someone a certain way for a long time and suddenly they're, like, not that person anymore drastically, how weird it must be. Like, it, it, I can imagine him not believing it's her because her voice probably sounds different and the way she looks is drastically different. So I, I don't blame him for being like, are you sure? Are you positive? They just got like a Bella body double, like a stunt double. <laughs> it's it's giving the the directors of Twilight casting a new Victoria in the second movie, but not saying anything about it. Just like, yeah, this is Victoria, totally. Yeah, that that was unhinged of them. I this is a very small thing, but I'm gonna point out any mistakes Stephanie makes because it's my it's my prerogative and my duty. On page 504, this is only one of it. It actually happens twice. Bella is talking about, um, like, what's about to happen. And she says, but I'd take the burn happily if that were the worst thing I'd face tonight. And then on another occasion, someone else says tonight. And I'm like, you just made a whole point about how the sun just rose. Continuity? Anyone? Like, literally anyone. It is morning. Why do they keep saying tonight? I, for some reason, thought we were in the afternoon. I don't know how that's possible, because she talks about how it's literally sunrise when they go to, like, get Renesmee or whatever. I also wasn't really, like, I'm no longer intaking any facts about these books. Anything could be happening right now, and I'm not absorbing it. Honestly, that's probably best. (laughs) 
I will also say on page 504 on the bottom, when Bella's like, I don't know if I can do this. And Edward's like, I'm positive. You can do anything. He smiled and kissed me. Okay. Produce sweat. Okay. Eat the, eat this, eat this pizza. Do it. I'd love to see it. Keep it down. Yeah. Um, stand up to Jasper about his racism. How about that? Pump blood inside of your body. Do it. You're going very biological and I'm going very ideological. Both are impossible for Bella, I think. I agree. So Charlie's freaked out by the new Bella. And then he meets Renesmee, but he doesn't really see her face. And then I kind of love his his line when he does see her face and realizes that she has Bella's eyes, which are also his eyes. He says, I don't want to know everything, but I'm done with the lies. <laughs> me when Jacob literally like doesn't tell me one thing. <laughs> it's very dramatic. And Charlie is not a very dramatic person. I mean, on the scale of like how dramatic he could have been in this moment, he's literally realizing he's a grandfather, like I mentioned earlier. I think he was actually very restrained in this because I would scream and run out of the house. For some reason, I was picturing him like collapsing, like he like falls to his knees. I don't know why I pictured that. Like in slow motion with his fist up in the air. Yes. <laughs> the the camera, like it's shaking as he's falling down. You know, it's, it's very tense. <laughs> um, to that, Edward rebuts with, you need to know the public story more than you need to know the truth. If you're going to be part of the secret, the public story is the one that counts. It's to protect Bella and Renesmee, as well as the rest of us. I have to say that was a good counterpoint. It was an excellent counterpoint. And of all the things that happen in this chapter, I think it's the most, uh, it makes the most sense. This, this to me is a valid statement that I think a person like Charlie would hear and be like, okay, I get that sentiment. I can, I can wrap my head around that. I agree. The first thing, in my opinion, they should have led with that. And possibly the only thing. I'm not going to argue with you. I agree. Um, this is the part where she fucking waves at Charlie. Renesmee, I mean. And Jacob says, told you she was special, didn't I? At this point, I'd be like, okay, why is he obsessed with my baby granddaughter? Yeah, I would be worried. So then he does take that moment to notice Jacob. And he's like, what? where do you play into all this? And what does Billy know? And he's like, Billy knows everything. Do you want to talk about werewolves? And Charlie's like, nah, no, change the subject. I, I'm picturing Billy and Charlie out on a boat fishing and it's completely silent. And then Billy's like, so you want to talk about it? And before he can finish it, Charlie's like, nah, we're fishing. We can't, sorry. Charlie's better than me because the second Jacob did all this shit to me, I would be like those memes where you like dial really fast. I would be calling up Billy and I would be like, excuse me, what the actual fuck? The sound of your acrylic nails hitting the keys. Like, exactly. Exactly. Okay. One last little discussion question. How is Jacob allowed to tell Charlie all this under the rules of the treaty? Because I think it was Embry that wasn't even allowed to tell his own mother. So I don't really understand that. I have two theories. First theory, the treaty is null and void. I don't know, with the, with the packs, with him being his own pack, perhaps those rules don't apply to him anymore. Um, I... I feel like there's absolutely no answer to this. I feel like it's just a, a question mark in the air. The other option is, technically, he didn't say anything. Charlie figured it out on his own. He just saw He just saw it. He Jacob didn't tell him anything. Charlie just saw it. It's like how he didn't tell Becca. Beck, who's Becca? 
Oh my god. He didn't tell Bella. She figured it out. Even though he did tell Bella. Like, he did, but I guess the rules don't apply if it was in the past, you know? Like, I, it seems like the rules are already being played pretty loosey-goosey, so I don't know. Yeah, I like that second theory better than the first one, because... I remember when, like, it was, like, maybe one or two chapters ago, Bella was basically saying, like, the treaty was restored because Sam and Jacob met up and, like, made up, you know? Yeah, I could see that. I, none of it makes sense. I'm imagining there's absolutely no answer to this. Is there an answer from the fandom or from the, you know, the Twilight resources out there? I'm sure there is. I didn't look it up. I wanted to see what you thought. Gotcha. And also, I know that a large portion of this podcast is us just being like, it doesn't make sense. But then what else would we talk about? Because that's this whole book series. We didn't write this. Stephanie did. And it's not our fault. She She made it make no sense. Don't yell at the messenger. We are 94 episodes in. This is your fault for getting this far. Truly, that is crazy. 94 episodes. Thanks for being here. Okay. Do you have something? I have I have an end note for this chapter in general. And then I have another thing that I should have brought up probably at the beginning of this chapter, but I'll bring it up at the end. Okay. I'm just going to finish my little quick summary of it. Um, Emmett? of course, saves the day with sports, the great equalizer, because he breaks into this very tense conversation just by reacting, cheering to something that's on the TV. And Charlie, as we know, has been established to be a big sports ball guy. So I love that he's just like, I'm going to stay and watch this football game because I personally be like, I saw what I needed to see. Benny, what is it? Benny Vidi Vici? Peace. You know what I mean? I've never heard that before. You've never heard that? Maybe I'm saying it wrong. Oh, my God. It's like I came, I saw, I conquered thing. I feel like I've heard that. I've just never heard it in the Italian. Yeah, it's Veni, Vidi, Vici, but maybe I'm saying it wrong. Okay, wait, let's play this little Google sound. Veni, Vidi, Vici. (laughs) Okay, well, I can't say it like that, so calm down, Google. Veni, Vidi, Vici. Anyways, I thought it was surprising that he stayed to watch the, the football game, but... Whatever. I think it's absolutely hilarious that the thing that seems to diffuse the situation is a joke about his daughter having sex that he doesn't realize is a joke about his daughter having sex. That's true. Yeah. This is what Paige was referencing earlier. Um, Emmett says, about time somebody scored around here, which doesn't really make sense because I feel like they scored a lot. Well, I think there there's a lot of what Emmett is saying throughout this chapter is like, Oh, you have nothing to do now. You must be so bored. There's nothing going on. So this is just a continuation of that, of like, at least someone's scoring because no one here is having sex. Like, I think that's what it is. Okay, that makes sense. I can see that. Was that your note for the end of the chapter? No, no. So this can be found on page 507. Might be the most relatable thing that I've read in this book. I'm going to read it. I'm picturing this as me if I were to meet Charlie Swan. Charlie's scent was a fistful of flames, punching straight down my throat. But it was so much more than pain. It was a hot stabbing of desire, too. Charlie smelled more delicious than anything I'd ever imagined. As appealing as the anonymous hikers had been on the hunt, Charlie was doubly tempting, and he was just a few feet away, (laughs) leaking, leaking, mouth-watering, heat and moisture into the dry air. Dude, I'm seriously, I'm going to wrap this episode up and I'm going to hang up straight up. I'm not talking to you afterwards because you were already pushing it with that wet comment earlier and now you had to make me hear that again and make all of our listeners hear that. I didn't, don't hate the messenger. (laughs) You didn't have to bring it up, you asshole. Well, hopefully the the other thing that I want to bring up will is a little more lighthearted. It's still themed. Well, I'll just get there. So imagine you've been turned immortal, okay? 
your you and your spouse have been holding back your sexual escapades because of safety concerns. You know, now you're free to let your freak flag fly. And you're married. So it's forever now. It's really forever. What if your partner was like, hey, now that it's time that we can really be with ourselves, I need to tell you about this like insane kink of mine. And it's something absolutely wild. And you're stuck with them forever. That's tough. I mean, I feel like there's always a compromise. I don't know. Maybe that's naive of me because I probably don't know like the most insane kinks, but it's like, maybe you could do that on your own or watch porn of it so that I don't have to participate, you know? I just like, I'm picturing like Bella finds out that Edward is like super into latex or something. Not that that's weird, but just like her finding out something about him that he's been keeping a secret because it hasn't been able to come up in conversation and finding out when it's too late to back out if you're not okay with it. Just like, well, I guess this is my life now. This is what I think about, this is kind of off topic, but this is what I think about with like old timey couples who would just get married and had never lived together, had never had sex. I'm like, those women were brave as hell because the divorce rate was also a lot lower back then. You just know there was a lot of women who just simply never got satisfied in their entire lives. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that this generation of women is probably having the best sex that women have ever had, ever. And we love it for them. Including myself. (laughs) Okay, we didn't need that part. (laughs) I'm just kidding. I'm happy for you. So, yeah, that was my last little bit that I wanted to share. Okay. Well, I'm not going to say thank you because I'm still disgusted with you. I just hearing that aloud made it worse. Like, I feel like it wasn't as bad when I read it. But then when you read it aloud and realize, like, it's a girl talking about her dad. Disgusting. I see. The thing is, is that I didn't read it that way when I was reading it because it's coming from Bella's perspective. And she's describing, like, thirst, obviously, the vampiric thirst. But I'm just the worst and have a crush on Charlie. So I read it differently myself, you know. That's fair enough. I just feel like the word leaking should never be used unless it's like a hose. Yeah, if if it's if it's a house repair situation, it can leak, but that's it. Even that's a stretch. Just say it's dripping. Yeah, I agree. It's not a great word. <laughs> All right. Well, Emmett saves the day again. Gotta love it. And next week we have another two chapters. Chapters 26 and 27 shiny and travel plans what do you think is going to happen shiny perhaps bella's going to see her new car sounds shiny to me and because there was also it was alluded to in i think the last chapter where edward says like i'm going to show bella my birthday gift when jacob's around because someone will be, I want someone to appreciate what it is. So like, there's been some buildup to this car. So I think that it's going to be involved with that. But all these chapters have like a double meaning to them. So I'm interested to see what the double meaning of shiny is. Perhaps they're vampire skin. Who knows? Um, Perhaps this shiny new life that Bella's living. Who's to say? I don't know. Um, Travel plans... I mean, the Volturi is looming. We know that they're coming. We know what they are at some point. Perhaps the travel plans have something to do with them. Perhaps we're going back. I mean, I don't see why they would have to move now that Charlie seems willing to hide the secret. I mean, maybe they will are still planning on moving and it's going to be a whole conversation with Jacob about like the travel plans, but... I don't know. I guess we'll see. I guess we will see. I feel like that's our podcast motto. So you are you are certain that the Volturi are coming at some point? They have to. I mean, there it was alluded to at the end of Breaking Dawn Part 1. Oh, you mean the movie? Yes. Oh, okay. All right. Fair enough. I do believe it's my week to do socials. 
which is good because 5.30 on the dot marks my cat's food time, and they are salty AF right now. So um, once again, tweet at us while you can. I don't really know the stability of Twitter at this point, but our Twitter is taftpod, T-A-F-T pod. You can tweet at us or DM us on there, and then you can also do the same thing. I mean, not tweet, but DM us on Instagram and Tumblr at Tuesdays are for Twilight. You may send us an email at TuesdaysRforTwilight at gmail.com. Support pages, Nintendo skin. Did I get that right? That's close enough. (laughs) Support her Nintendo skin hobby by visiting us on Patreon at Patreon.com slash TuesdaysRforTwilight on the reel that pays for our podcasting fees. But we are so grateful for all of our patrons, and that will get you into our watch party for the final movie, Breaking Dawn Part 2. And then another way to get into that and a way to support a great cause is to check out their the Quileutes and their efforts to move their cultural land higher ground. You can find out all that information at mthg.org. I feel like it can't be as unhinged as last week, but you have been acting up this week. So what do you got? Sometimes it pays to roll a dice. Take a chance, baby. Throw your craps in. Maybe you'll roll an eight. Who knows? Who knows, indeed. See you next week. Bye. Our amazing intro and outro music was performed by Danny Plowman and produced by Alberto Beltran. You can follow Danny at Danimal6, and that's six the word, not six the number, Danimal6 underscore on Instagram. (laughs) 